Shut up and sit down. Hell, you could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and bake! Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. Haha. <laughs> yep. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Turing. That's a fact. Jack, enjoy. I can't understand it, but I can't really stand him. Girls love cars, cars cause harm to the planet. Don't you want to get your ride on my tandem? Huffy on a huffy, don't I look so handsome? Bikes suffice, they so nice, like priceless. Working on my calves, the triceps, the bicep, bypass the gas, stop the traffic lights. I get around, round without a driver's license. Hello, you walk in, farewell. Hello, and welcome back to the Dialed Podcast. I am Jake Von During, and today I'm joined by Evan Price. How is it going? Yeah. <laughs> it's Price. going well. Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing today? Yeah, welcome back, Matt, for another yeah, one. Absolutely. And let's see who else is in. No, Lance Romance is sitting oh, there. God. My name is Lance. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> I, my name is Lance. I wear flannel. I wear flannel. Is he, is he new? <laughs> I, is he new here? He's new here. Okay. We had it. We no, it is Lance Romance <laughs> oh, in the house. There he is. That's my boy. There it is. There it is. Oh, I remember right. this guy now. I remember him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back. All right, since he was so subdued, I'm going to let him kick it off this week. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Lance, backpedal yeah. for us. Oh, I got nothing to talk about. That's not true. Yeah, it's never true. <laughs> it's cyclocross season. He's got things. Yeah, I raced a few times again this last week. I raced 12 times since I we last talked. <laughs> since we last talked. And I have a problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, I had a really great week. Um, I, I was kind of battling a cold a week before, and so yeah. it affected me more than I thought. But uh, this week, I went out to... Uh, the Portland Trophy Cup on Tuesday night and race the Masters 1-2 field and uh, oh hold on time, time out time out breaking news I just got kudos from uh, Brandy Hepler on Strava oh yes. that means Brandy <laughs> is on her Strava at this very moment oh there's another one she gave me another one oh, no. oh your wife's blowing my me up oh man oh up. my gosh Lance <laughs> does she give you kudos on your rides she does no. she does yeah, okay yeah. sorry about that now back to your regularly scheduled Lance Romance backpedal uh, yeah, so I raced uh, the Portland Trophy Cup, the Tuesday night race, and there are fun and fast races. And I raced the Masters One Two field, and it, it was it was a bit crazy. Um, right halfway through the first lap, I'm right on a guy's wheel, and he went down, and I ran right into him. Oh, did you catch it, air? Boom! <laughs> I did Boom. not catch air. Dang like, it. He, I hit him with my tire right in the butt. Okay. That's tough. So, like, just boom, That's just impressive. hit him right in the butt. His name is Brian Kesselman. He's actually cool kind of yeah. a legend okay. mountain biker around here. Oh, so, when you hit him, did you stop or did oh, you keep yeah. going? No, I like, I kind of went down too, and I'm like, Brian, I'm so sorry. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And he's like, it's all good, but he was, he was done. Gotcha. Yeah. He, he burped his wheel and I ran. And so, take his back one home. So, then, so I'm in second place um, after her running into the guy, and I'm blazing two laps later. And I go over a uh, a barrier, and I botched my remount. Okay. <laughs> I actually missed my seat when I went to jump back on my seat. <laughs> I missed it. I landed on my rear wheel. <laughs> okay. Oh, you missed backwards. <laughs> yeah, I missed backwards. Right. Like, I'm not sure how I did that's that. That's impressive. <laughs> 
Were you clipped in with like just dragging? No, I had not clipped in yet. Right, right, I was right. like flying through the air yeah. and trying to land on my seat yeah. and just fully landed. Parts on my and rear pieces wheel. didn't like slide down between the uh, the seat <laughs> no. stay and the wheel, did they? But what there was a guy right on my tail, and I went down to the side, and he ran right over the top of me. So it was <laughs> okay. a full on karma race. Instant. Payback karma, yeah. <laughs> yep. So and then, so he gets uh, out ahead of me. So I'm right, riding in third, and he's got his head down okay. trying to gap me. And he doesn't see a barrier. Oh. He actually <laughs> drilled it with his front tire. Ouch. Oh, jeez. So you have to be looking down pretty it, Well, it was dark. He wasn't oh, yeah, riding yeah, with the right. light. That's right. And okay. um, he, he was. He was just looking down I at the wrong that time. Are, like yeah. evening. And so he drills the barrier anyway. So his, Is he okay? He's okay. That's a, I mean, that's a lot harder than hitting a, a butt cheek. <laughs> no, the, I know. In the last couple, like five, six days, it started getting darker yeah. a lot yeah. earlier right now so i don't blame them it's yeah, been much like darker. yeah like by 7 p.m it's basically bedtime now yeah and this then you know it's just this month and i think time changes in early november right so. yeah yeah. You me dark month. Uh, anyway, I ended up uh, I ended up holding on for second place after okay. that. So which That's was great awesome. in the Masters One Two field. There, you know, there's only 15 or 16 guys races in racing, but we only we only count wins second. here. That's we only count wins. So I did not win. <laughs> and you're you're standing in the series is? I'm in second for the no. series. That's awesome. For the and Masters that, One Two for, field. For, for the Masters One Two. Yeah. God, do you wow. remember we were sitting here not that long ago talking about like, oh, let's see, you know, oh, do you I'm think gonna, you're going to be able to be competitive and be out there? <laughs> right. I'm going to fall off the back of each race. It's not going to be fun. The the guys in third and fourth did not race, and they are both faster than me. Right. Okay. So the guys in third and fourth did not race on Tuesday night. So that makes so a difference. how how has your training looked like during this cyclocross season? Because you've been racing so much. Is your training basically racing? Yes. Right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, it, it's kind of weird. That's if awesome. If you're racing three times a week, which I have been. Yeah. Your um, your training I'm, days are recovery days, yes, right? I'm yeah. just like yeah. recovering on those off days. You're just recovering on the road bike, spinning around. Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. And you've yep. ridden with the wife a couple times. I have, yep. Gone out with the it's wife perfect. a few times, which has been great. She's going to start like blowing you up on your recovery days she's, here if you're not careful. She's actually faster than she thinks. Yeah, yeah. She can she Don't can let her figure her. that out. <laughs> I know. Your, your recovery rides are not going to be recovery <laughs> no, rides if she, she figures won't. that out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of stoked that I'm second in the series. There's one more race um, this uh, Tuesday evening. And, um, and once this podcast comes out, we'll know where I end up. If those two guys both show up, and I'm assuming they will, um, for me just to stay on the podium, I have to like place sixth or better or something okay. like that. Which you could do that. It's it's possible, but but it's, same old same old. Just race. Yep, just gonna go out and race yeah. and go. So tons of fun. Nice. The next night, <laughs> the very next night, <laughs> the very next night was blind date at the Dairy Cyclocross Race Series. It's it's the Wednesday night series. And um, this time I, I raced the Masters two three field, and man, um, I I don't know. I took the win that night. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one what I'm and two about. in the week. Wow, that's solid. Yeah, that's solid. So I was really happy. There's there's four or five guys that have all handily beaten me before, but that night. Um, how do you have the legs to continue to r- I don't think I've ever consistently raced back-to-back nights. You've been doing that over the last couple they're weeks. F- they're 50-minute races. Oh, that's true. They're not long races. They're, you know, 45-minute races, so it's it's not so bad. So. Yeah. Anyway, still. So that was fun. Congratulations. Thank you. I did Boom. I think I did see that on Strava, but it's I think it's nice for me to like learn about your week on the podcast so that I can be like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah, right. <laughs> Genuine actually, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. didn't get a very good start. I was eighth or ninth to the 
to the first corner and Ooh. sat in like fifth or sixth position after the whole first lap. But there was one straightaway where I just got up and went. I just got up and went and I got around everybody, which I was surprised. And then nobody went with me. So. Do you feel like it's harder to be in fourth or fifth? Or then being up front, yes, out front because you um, if like you're line out, of sight yes. and all this stuff, right? If you're out front, I can pick my line for every corner yeah. unless yeah. you're dealing with traffic, and you can get lost in lap traffic too. Yeah, so which it right. becomes really easy to become complacent, just following the guys' well. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm so I'm gonna stay here until yeah, right. So I think even at the the one two level right now, Lance, I think those massive weeks that you were putting in. Yeah. during the summer are now paying off because I think that you have more race. You, you definitely have more threshold endurance than probably anybody that you're racing. Like nobody else was putting in those miles. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some of the one guys, but not the, yeah. Well, these weeknight series aren't as big as the weekend races. Cause I haven't talked yeah. about my weekend races yet. Oh boy. <laughs> How'd that go? Oh boy. <laughs> so well, I, I, the weekend race, uh, I did Heiser Farms. It's the last race in a five-race series. And um, I went out to race the, the open 2-3 field. So yeah, yeah. a lot bigger field, uh, 40 or 50 racers in it. Um, and there was a <laughs> – and the open 2-3 field means any two, any three, any age. And we oh, have, yeah. you know, a bunch of 20-year-olds who are super fast and a 15-year-old right. who is super fast and a 13-year-old who is super fast, you know, in those divisions. So I had no expectations. I went out there and just hammered. But I ended up eighth out of 40 or 50 or however many were there. Did the 13-year-old win? Um, he wasn't there, but the 15-year-old was there, and he beat me by – Four minutes. <laughs> he completely <laughs> smoked me. Who is a teammate? It's it's um, Hayden Weirman. He, uh, oh, he he's a yeah. teammate of ours, and and he he won handily. Somebody but, go tell the like Cannondale development team. Honestly, yeah. is he getting looked at? Uh, this is his, his like coming out year. I mean, yeah. he it's raced last year. Yeah, yeah. He's he'll go race nationals this year, and he might turn some heads. So we're yeah. gonna do everything we can to support the kid and and like you know get him to the next level because we obviously don't have that next level offering. But whatever we can do to to get the kids some exposure, we're gonna do. There's some good development teams out there yeah. in the U.S. for wow. cyclocross yeah. right now, like that Cannondale team. I raced with a kid who now like, yeah, rides with them. Yeah, back in yeah. Massachusetts or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're way out there. Well, what about road development stuff? Would he be interested in that, or is he hey, like he's a cyclocross guy? Like no, he raced everything this he year. He raced right. everything. Yeah, he did well, road, I mean, mountain, and cyclocross. And yeah. I think cyclocross or mountain biking are probably like his favorites. Yeah, but he excels at road racing and he likes it. And so we should bring him on at some point. That would be cool oh, to hear a fifteen-year-old's perspective with that yeah. kind of speed. Yeah. yeah, could be interesting. He's a he's a good kid. You know, straight A student, super smart, really kind and sweet and and respectful he's just uh, he's a class kid i've he, never seen the kid awesome. one time in the couple of years that i've known him get upset no. at a single thing he's never had anything less than a smile on his face yeah. and happy things to say it's it's almost uncanny so yeah that's a good kid so i got i was completely fine getting smoked yeah. by yeah Aiden. that's okay yeah <laughs> i was just happy that i was in eighth and there were four of us who were battling for that fifth or eighth position which i did not you lost. I lost the battle between, them. but it was it was fun to race younger guys. So that was cool. I finished that race and was pretty smoked and and then and then I sat around in the team tent for about half an hour and people kept coming up to me saying Hepler, 
come race this Masters 1-2 race too. And I'm like, dude, I just raced the 2-3 race. I'm oh not going to go race again. And I totally caved and went and raced the 1-2 race uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You got to get your 12 races per weekend. <laughs> got right. to get the quota. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, right. So I, I, I lined up and it, it, I had like zero expectations for that race. It was really fun lining up for that yeah. race thinking, okay, I've got – Right. You know, whatever happens here, if I get dead last, who cares? If I don't finish this race, who cares? I already raced hard. So, so that was kind of fun, but I beat 10 guys. Nice. Yeah. So sometimes you have your best races when you're just like low expectations, low pressure, and you just go race. My, my lap times were eight or nine seconds slower per lap in that second race. So it was a longer race. It was a 60-minute race instead of a 45-minute race. So you raced at threshold for basically two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Slept well that night. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I <gosh>. was licked. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so then I'm driving home thinking, I'm just going to take a nap and go sit in the hot tub. And, and my wife texts me saying, hey, we're going to the Timbers game, so get home right now. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> You need, like, compression pants or something I like need that. To you be really do. my compression yeah. pants. That and drinking a smoothie or something. Uh, anyway, see, look, I, I've talked for him. I've ever talked for no, I love this. Minutes. This is like, nobody has like this yeah, high of race. But like, none of us are racing. Like, yeah. me, me and Matt have like 12 races a year to talk about. Right. Lance has 12 last week to oh, talk yeah. about. I know. It was, it was a lot. So, nice. Anyway. It's awesome. All That's right. for me. Best cyclocross season ever. It's been fantastic <laughs> for me. It really has. That's awesome. Yeah. My back is holding up. My, I'm yeah. so going to force you to yeah. do some road in the threes with me. Yeah. God, I'm so forcing you to do that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, backpedal for us. Uh, these last, this last week and leading into this week has been kind of my first section of the block oh, really? of training right now. Yeah. I've got a six month block before. I raced my first race. Six month block sounds so long. That'll be just long enough. I feel like I got, I need six months of fitness, I'm sure. So do you, so you go from, you know, close to zero to what, like 20 hours a week. So less, is it, yeah, less just to 15? like, like, I don't really mind talking specifics on this stuff actually. Yeah, Cause it's so, to, it's yeah. so not a specific formula for me now that I'm coaching myself again. It's okay. so I'm doing this last week was 18 hours of actually okay. some pretty good quality. This right. week will be 21 or 22. Okay. And then I'll be sitting in the mid twenties for a while. Okay. With every four or five weeks, I'll take a down week. Every four or five. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And that'll depend on just legs. Like mm-hmm. if I need to take it out the fourth week, I'll take that the fourth week. But yeah, it'll be fun. I'm definitely riding with a lot of roadies this year. Good. Uh, me, Dustin and David went on a good ride. Dustin being a local, uh, cat one track cyclist, yeah. which is everything that he does well is what I don't do well, which is yeah. great. It's so it's good yeah. to ride with those guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, David Goodman's riding strong. So he is. Yeah, I like yeah. David so much. He's, He's come so along fun to ride with. so well yeah. in the past like two years, basically. It's awesome, and it's all like the group ride stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. he's gotten fast. Yeah, he is. He's very. He's very calculated how he trains. I, I wish rides. I could ride with you guys. You can. You can. I, I can, but we've I mean, got so it's bef- only for a mile and a half. And we've then. been trying to get a lot of climbing <laughs> indefinitely, yeah. which I like because then I can stay with Dustin, yeah. which is wonderful. But uh, yeah, well, there's there's so much good climbing on this side of the river yes through like you go up into battleground you go east yep. there's plenty of climbing yep. 
it's like everywhere you go, you can find good solid six, seven K in like a 60, <laughs> 70 mile ride. You can ride out my front door <laughs> and do 10,000 feet of climbing. <laughs> you can ride in Jake's neighborhood and get 10,000 feet of climbing. We've done it the last few yeah. years. So. We, yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah. That's something that'll be coming up. The Prune Hill 10 K. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I won't be able to do it. We have to, love to host it. establish yeah. how we're going to do it, but yeah, we have to do it. That's so. such an awesome ride. I mean, there are not many people who can say in their neighborhood, they can put together 10 K of climbing. Maybe uh, Lance Romance will get himself a, a tandem bike, put in his collection of bikes. And I'll go ride Stoker yeah, for him. Yeah, like, push the pedals. There you go. Tando. That's really not fair, though, to have Jake on the back of your tandem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's basically going to be my week updates for a little bit. It's just going to be consistent. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to be similar, Lots right? It's like, yeah, swimming. You know, what do you what do you say about swimming, right? You're staring at a black line and. <laughs> It's super exciting to talk about, isn't it? It's wet. Um, yeah, it's it wet. Is. wet. Yeah. It's all like cyclocross. <laughs> I had a really cool workout on Thursday. I probably well, you were working, but I should have invited some of you guys or whatever it was. But uh, Robbie Halterman, who um, he is, uh, he owns like a PT um, studio, and it's called Movement Revolutions. We've probably talked about it on this podcast before, but it's fantastic. You can Google it and check out the website and learn all about it. But he and I were talking on the phone, just catching up because we hadn't talked in a long time. Robbie's and, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I need to, I need to go out for a ride or whatever. Thursday's weather's looking good. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we were randomly talking about like, Hey, what if we put on a free triathlon, you know, early summer, like just mm-hmm. let anyone want, that wants to do it, do it, whatever it is, you know, like probably not a lot of like traffic control or anything like that, but what can we do to help people? in the community mm-hmm. and and uh you know and i was telling him my idea or whatever it was and i was like why don't we just go do this on thursday why don't we just go do this triathlon and and, and he was like yeah okay and i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> halterman's up for like robbie halterman is up for anything he is up for anything. he's up for yes. anything at any time which is super awesome and i was like but but are, are you sure <laughs> he was like yeah no let's do it and i was like but the water it's gonna be really cold <laughs> it's, like, it's like turning into you know fall weather here uh, and, and lo and behold, then, you know, th- that morning I'm like, are you still in for this? You know, I'm really uncertain about the water. And, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you there at, you know, 1030. I was like, okay. So, you know, we get to the water and, um, check out the water and it was cold, but it was fine. Like we swam, yeah. we didn't swim a ton, swam like a mile uh-huh. and, uh, and then got out and it was, you know, whenever you're out on the open water, it's so beautiful. Like, you know, even you non-swimmers or all the people listening to this podcast, you guys would love it. Cause you're just, yeah. you know, you're out there especially at Fallen Leaf Lake, there's no one else out there. You have yeah. the whole place to yourself and you're kind of surrounded by forests and big trees and stuff like that. And you're just on the water. It's beautiful. But, um, yeah, we got out and, uh, I wanted to check out like, Hey, what if you had to run kind of up this trail a quarter mile to find the transition points? So we went through all this process. We ran up there, hopped on the bikes and, uh, went for a bike ride and I wanted to kind of go like 20 ish. I was like, and then I, in the middle of the ride, I'm like, what's a sprint distance? Because like, like I, should, I should know this, right? I've been doing triathlon for like eight years. And he's like, it's only like 12 miles. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, I was thinking we needed more miles than that. So um, we did, you know, we ended up doing like 15 miles. And we went up, up over Forced Home. And I'm, I'm climbing that hill with Robbie. I'm like, no one's going to want to do this triathlon if we did like, you up know, over any. Forced Home. Right. No, no, no you, one's going to. Well, you could put a ton from where Fallen Leaf is. You could yeah. put a ton of climbing into a bike leg there if oh, you wanted to. Yeah, you just climb into Jake's neighborhood, it's, basically. It's yeah. just the, you know, that's the thing is it's like, I'm trying to avoid traffic. Cause obviously we wouldn't have any traffic control if we did a free triathlon. Right. And, um, and I'm like, okay, we could go up over force home and then we could drop in we could do some flat stuff. The, the, 
the more I was out there, the more I was like, no one would do this. No one. I would. <laughs> we, yeah, we would, right? Like, we'd think it was the greatest thing ever, but like, you might be surprised. no normal people. You might well, be surprised. Maybe it, people it, would want to jump in. You know, we call, you know, we give them like a 20% discount on the free triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sorry, sorry about the hills. Here's a 20% coupon we could code. Even, we could even challenge the cycling team to be like, don't worry, we'll make the bike course really hard. Yeah. You just got to survive the swim. You survive just got to float swim. around for the swim and make it through. And then uh, we went for a three mile run on the trails which again these trails are like super technical and like your client halterman was like just cursing my name and uh the trails around round lake around fallen leaf Leaf. which are those are steep steep. switchbacks they're harder than the um, round lake trails i think so um so it was beautiful i mean perfect weather perfect day and uh and i was like you know filming stuff too because you know you guys if you've listened to this podcast you know i do like youtube stuff and Halterman was just a trooper. He was like, okay, wait, yeah. you want me to like, you, you know, you want me to run back and forth in front of the camera two more times? Okay. And I was like, <laughs> dude, aren't you like going to kill me or something? <laughs> he was like, no, it's cool. It's like, I'm fine with it. I was like, okay. And I was like, all right, we'll do it again. Robbie, <laughs> Robbie was, is always down for like a hard day, which I think is why people like him so much is because he's so positive with yep. anything like that, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And then I thought That's what these sports are all about is doing hard workouts and actually having people that enjoy them around you. It was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So we had a, a super awesome day on Thursday. Uh, and then Saturday cross country invites are always tricky. We had this huge Nike race, a special one. Yeah. And you know, so we have kids coming from all over the wor- night world, the kids coming from all over the country to go to this race or whatever. You know, we have kids from New York city, a lot of kids from California and our team is good. Not like that. I'm going to brag about how great my team is, but they're, they're excellent. They finished like second in the big race. Our guys did. Um, but every year I do this workout where I it's, you know, you're running, um, on the infield of like a horse track, Portland Meadows horse track. It's really cool. Um, so every year I do this, the same workout. I'm, I'm like that guy that's just like, do you want to do the same course again? Yes, I do. Like, I'm so boring. Like, <laughs> any of my friends that have run with me over the years are like, oh, yeah, Matt is super boring to run with. He does the same thing over and over again all the time. Anyway, I do the same workout every year. And so it's like I came here to this thing, and I'm like, I got to do the same workout. <laughs> and I haven't, if you guys have listened to this podcast, I've talked about how my running's not going that well or whatever it is. And I was just like, well, I have to do it. Like, I do this every year. Like, I have to do it. So I did three times a mile. Um, you know, cause it's, you have a mile, it's basically a loop around the horse track and it's a mile. Mm-hmm. So you do three times a mile It actually went pretty well. I was pretty pleased, you know, it's similar to other years, which, yeah. you know, it's good for not training and, you know, kind of like six minute basically right. or sub six or whatever. That's good. Yeah. It's fine. It's not yeah. great, but it's not bad at all. And, for this time um, of year, yeah. Yeah. And then other than that weekly backpedal, I've been using the, the kicker core and getting some painful bike workouts in and. Those are, those are disheartening. <laughs> that thing is so hard. It's, it's just like, it's I'm, so honest. I hate how honest it is. It, <laughs> it needs to be less honest. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. the Watts and stuff and I'm just, it's so indoor Watts depressing. are always less. I, I shouldn't even be allowed to say this around Jake because you know, he's coming back from injury and all this stuff. I'm yeah, just but like, Jake will be pushing good Watts in like two weeks. This is a problem you and me are going to have forever. So. I was just looking and I'm like, it was kind of like this tempo workout and I'm like, hitting like i shouldn't tell these numbers on the air but it was like it's like 220 and i'm like why am i hurting <laughs> like, this is not good and it's like you kind of want to cry a little bit it's really it's really sad and uh and you know i guess you got to get through those workouts yeah to hopefully get just back to normal give up that running and swimming stuff uh, it feels so much better just, just like so cry, much better just cry through a couple months and that'll be better <laughs> it's, it's, just cry through the winter i know it's gonna be uh, you know and then get off every every time i get off and my wife's like how how's the workout and i'm like 
I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. So it's, you know, it's, it's had some ups and downs this week. Yeah. But that's my backpedal. Good week, as we, I guess. As we slowly have a triathlon takeover, we should organize oh, yeah. our own little, Lance, like, help me. No that, triathlon that course, that course that you talked about, we should definitely do some, like, repeats Dude, on that at some if, point. If the, I mean, this is, like, October now, and... We could like it's we could open water swim. It's ridiculous. I know. Like I kind of want to just steal you and take you and do that course. We should do it. Yeah. I'm Even in. if we do it super easy and chill, I mean, it'd be, yeah. be fun. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So so I'm yes, going to do it. Lance yeah, you're in. in. I'm not doing <laughs> it's it. Too bad. You're in. <laughs> can, I, can I can I ride a skateboard on the trails? Yes, you can. Oh, <laughs> instead of running. Yeah, you're not afraid to fall down. Anyway, so, um, but definitely uh, triathlon takeover. We have the Kona World Championships coming up and stuff like that. So we definitely need Ooh. to talk about you know taking over the podcast all of you cyclists that are listening be prepared (laughs) (laughs) he swam really fast then he rode his bike really fast and then he got off his bike and he ran really fast and he won there you go just just film the guy's name and it's over (laughs) we'll be able to talk about that for like five hours out of detail all right jake backpedal jake's actually got fun backpedals he's got some important stuff going on oh he does this is important stuff it's like quite the opposite my friend <laughs> i did get my immobilizer off Whoa. Yeah. i wore that stupid thing for almost four months <laughs> yeah almost four yeah. months you guys that is a long time to be in one of those damn when things are, when yeah. are we gonna light it on fire uh, as soon as he says that i do not need it ever because i don't want to pay for damn yeah i've got the this another possible surgery coming up and um is it December? And if you know if anything should happen between now and then, he wants me to go back in it. I don't want to say I burned it. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Doc. No sorry, can do. Uh, uh, we ran one. We yeah. ran over that with our mountain bikes, yeah. and <laughs> it's in rough shape. Shot it with the shotgun. Yeah. 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 Let me show you which canister it's in. It's uh, <laughs> here's what the mobilizer looks like now. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's off, which is great. However, I have this like appendage that just is worthless. It just kind of comes along for the ride and hangs there and doesn't do anything. So I'm non-weight bearing with it. I'm not allowed to pick anything up with it for six weeks. So it just kind of, like I said, comes along for the ride. Like when it, you know you walk and your arms way back and forth, it doesn't even do that. It's like it's totally <laughs> worthless. It's like slowing me down. But so I, I where we go? We're at the store or something like that over the weekend and. I didn't have it on, but I just kind of put my hand in my pocket of my, my little hoodie and just let it hang out there so it doesn't like knock in anything or get in anybody's way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's about that for that. And then aside from that, watch some more great kids soccer. That's the, nice. I don't know, the title of my weekends anymore. It's just like soccer, soccer, soccer. Absolutely. And uh, been riding on Zwift. That's about it. Good. So, How's that going? Third week you, back to riding now? Uh, third. Yeah, I started yeah. into my third week of the structured training. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my... Saturday ride again, which is kind of like my open free ride where I kind of push it a little bit, kind of, I'm still not there volume wise in terms of time, but I like to replicate what a team ride would feel like. So putting in some more semi-structured efforts in there. So I did a, um, it was a 22 minute climb on their Innsbruck, um, Innsbruck, Oh, the world championship course. course, Yeah. Whatever that is. And they've got their, their, their climb on that. So I just put a 22 minute effort in on that and Zwift gave me a new climb on that thing. Oh, I did. I did that thing over the weekend. Yeah. That was a tough climb. So I did that. I think I finished it in like 22 minutes, which is still like, it put me in the top five for the people that were on there at the time, which isn't like, you know, it it could have been anybody. The, The fastest guy I think was like 19 minutes. So I was still three minutes behind him, but, um, so it was like a 22 minute effort there. And then I did another 10 minute effort and then some other little things, but it, you know, Zwift designed me a new FTP that I had bumped down pretty low. Cause I was trying to guesstimate where it was, that was kind of nice. So mm-hmm. getting closer to um, the 300 land, which is 
which is good. So yeah. There you go. Damn it. Jeez. I know. Damn I think it, it's Matt, so had, Matt had four months to have a higher <laughs> FTP, and it's going to slowly go away now. <laughs> no, I'm not in the 300s. <laughs> I'm not there yet either. I'm about two watts away, so two or three watts away. <laughs> okay, so I'm good. So I'll be fine then. Still got plenty of time. Yeah, you still got plenty of time. time. Plenty of time. So, yeah, other than that, it was just uh, another week of kind of just getting through life and figuring things out and trying to get healthy. All right. Not the climb exciting. back. The climb. <laughs> the long climb. The long climb back. Yeah. All right. Our first discussion of this podcast is going to be regarding an article that was actually sent over to our um, board of directors and some other people within OBRA from our executive director, Chuck Keelan. Um, and the article is titled, The Wicked Problem Road Cycling Faces. And we can post the link to this article Um once the podcast is up, I promise I'll get that done so you guys can actually read something from us. But um, it basically just runs through a bunch of stuff that road cycling is facing right now. And um, I wanted us to discuss all of these things. Mm-hmm. They've got quite a few different topics on there. And, you know, where we think we can as, you know, athletes and, and cyclists and, and people that are a part of that community where we can help. And I'm also curious, does this transcend into other disciplines such as triathlon? And what is it that we need to be thinking about? How can we start to spur some conversation or start to make some uh, some moves and, and be proactive about helping fix some of these issues so that we can keep our sports alive and healthy? So just going to kind of kick this around and um, we'll get started with the first one that they titled here that talks about teams. Do you guys have any anything to say about that? Uh, me and Lance were talking about this. I wanted to s- so according to this article, Dialed would be considered a big team. So yeah, we're an over hundred person team by yeah. quite a bit now. Yeah, and with the rate of growth, definitely going to be what I think would be considered a very very large team yeah. in the region. And so what they're basically saying is that a lot of the bigger teams that help grow and support and nurture you know cyclists to come out and learn the ropes and to get involved in cycling and and over the course of time become stronger more proficient athletes that they can race at higher levels these teams are starting to die off and they're they're kind of a dying breed and i'm there's not many big teams yeah uh, local big teams anymore yeah yeah and i i would agree with that there's not too many big teams there's there's some good teams that that are still around but there's not a lot of big teams um some of the smaller teams that are just elite riders or that are just masters riders, yeah, um, you, you don't, you, you're not fostering anything. You're not developing anything. No, so where does where does somebody that's just trying to break into racing or just getting excited about riding a bike and thinks I want to check out this racing thing? Where where do they go to learn from other people? Well, they, 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 in my opinion, they go to a team like dialed. I mean, I'm really not trying to be a homer right now, but when you're talking about that exactly, how many guys do we know on the team that a year and a half ago had just started racing and now are guys banging on the threes door, moving up through the fours quite, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm thinking a 10 in my head right now, just like that. It, since we've started, we've been around for almost two years now. It'll be two years at the end of the season. The start mm-hmm. of this 2019 season will be our third season. Um, and we've amassed over 100 people on the team. And yeah. I'd say probably 25 to 30% of that had never raced before. Yeah. And yeah. now you've got guys that I mean, just today we saw people getting their, their upgrades that were sent out by Oregon Bicycle yeah. Racing Association. They're, they're going from fives to fours or fours to threes. And, and there's even people in the, on the triathlon team now who I've been talking to and are ready to make the transition over this year or next year. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Why is it that a team would want to be so specialized? Though? Why would you, I mean, I guess it's like to each his own and there's going to be something out there for everybody, but why is it that there are fewer teams that are bigger 
that are able to foster the, the you know, the, the environment that people would need to, to come into to become a better, more proficient bike racer, whether it be road or cyclocross or mountain or, you know, anything. Yeah. Is it a, is it a lack of leadership at the top? Cause I mean, for, for these big teams, you need good leadership. Like that's, that's yes. the biggest thing there. It's, there's gotta be good leadership at the top. Is there just not enough? Well, think about how much work it is. Yeah. It's a ton of work. Think about the work that Jake puts in on a weekly basis. I know. Yeah. It's tons ridiculous. of ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, it does add up, but yeah. I mean, it is rewarding at the end of the day, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't all have to land on the shoulders of one person. If you get, if you, if you get the nucleus, right, if you get the core people, right. And you can build a little board of directors for your team. And then you just come up with a clear mission and a clear vision of what it is that you're going to set mm-hmm. out to do. You can do good stuff, and it doesn't have to be one of these things that completely like overwhelms you and it overtakes your entire schedule. You can make it be, you know, somewhat serviceable, somewhat easy for you to, to build and grow. Yeah. I think for me personally, a lot of it comes back to well, wh- why why even join a team? I mean, what is somebody like Obra doing for teams? And if yeah. you ask me, yeah, it, that's a good point. They're not doing much. And that saddens me. And that's the drum that I've been beating ever since I came on to Obra. And it was funny when this article came out, the first thing on there is teams. And the, the fact teams. that they're, they're, you're losing these bigger teams that are bringing all these people in or that are helping the sport on a whole. And what is it that we as Obra are doing to grow these teams? Other than taking a hundred dollars a year from them to you know sign up to be a team within Obra, there's there's not much else that comes along, and they they've got the team bar competition, which we're very keen on winning, and that was our goal at the beginning of the year. And in order for you to go find out where that competition's at, it's like five or six clicks deep buried in the the Obra website, and you know yeah. who knows about it. I mean that should be front and center, and it should it should be something where if you create this competition amongst teams to see who the best team's going to be and put some sort of carrot out there at the end of the the whole competition, other than just like a nice little trophy, you're going to get these teams because you know what this is a group of competitive people. You know, yeah. so you've got to right. you've yeah. got to put this front and center and have these teams chase after this. And then the teams are naturally going to better organize themselves. They're going to bring more people into the competition and they're going to try and make themselves be the, the most competitive team out there and go out there and win as many races as yeah. possible. So. So I think I think what this article was getting at, too, um, when it's defining wicked. So I'm talking about the wicked problem. It's talking yeah. about a problem that in its nature is very is multifaceted and very, mm. very difficult to address oh, yeah. at its core. Yeah. yeah. So. I think not only we can talk about what Obra needs to do, what local bike shops need to do. Maybe mm-hmm. they need to get more active in supporting big teams. Cause I mean, I, I remember there was a time where like each big team main sponsor was a bike shop. Yeah. I don't see that as much anymore. I'm not sure if that's still around well, or if that has slowly started to disappear. the problem with yeah. that. Cause a lot of that ends up being that that shop has to give them significant yes. discounts. They're probably kicking in some sponsorship money yep. and you know what bike shops fighting the internet these day and age, yeah. this day and age, they're there's on the not a lot of, edge. exactly. Are. There's yeah. not a lot of room for profit there and it really makes it difficult for them to, to basically grow and flourish. So, yeah. and then if you sponsor one team, you know, What's that do to the rest of the market where you're like, yeah. oh, no, 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 that's the bike works. Team. That's true. Like, that's I'm true. not going to go to that shop. That's our yeah. competitor. You know, like you don't yeah. want to play. I favorites. mean, the goal, the, the goal long term would be that each shop would be able to make a big team. But also you got to have the riders. And that's maybe mm-hmm. just we don't have the riders right now. But I think I think the reason we don't have the riders is much more of a societal problem than purely a cycling problem. Right. Yeah. So I think you're, you're looking at. Society is going two ways right now. We are getting people competing at higher levels of mm-hmm. amateur sports than ever seen before. Yeah. We see that in tra- I mean, me and Matt talk about that in triathlon all the time. There are amateurs going speeds that pro. pros yeah. weren't going 20 years ago. 
and we are seeing it the other way where people are becoming amazingly more sedentary in their lifestyles. Oh yeah. You can order groceries to your house, virtual reality and work from home. There are people who never leave their can homes. Can we blend now. those together where I can like <laughs> virtually be eating a pizza right now? I think if you, you, we, we joke about that. That's going to be a couple years away. I'm yeah. sure. And that's, I could build that app. But I mean, we, we have these two divergent groups now. And I'm, unfortunately I think the active competitive group is a much smaller group. Oh, yeah. Now it's a good, now it's a group doing great things. There's amazing people in there, but that's not a big portion of society. Yeah. And I think, Things like competitiveness, Jake mentioned competitive. So like, how, how do we make this? We got these team events, these competitive-natured people I want to be there. I look at my generation, people in their 20s. I'm not trying to talk down people in their 20s, but I'm going to for a second. We're not a driven, competitive group of people right now. We just aren't. I don't know why, but like, we're not, we're not like, like I, I would say people in their 40s, 50s, there's still a competitive drive that I see. I don't see as much of that with kids in their 20s right now. I don't know. It's, That's like a bigger societal problem, I know, but I, I see too many complacent people in my generation. Well, there's there's different things, right? Like we didn't have the internet as much yeah. growing up, right? Mm-hmm. So then you have that like, th- there's there's two sides to that coin, right? Like I saw with running, like as the internet came around, people were starting to compare times more, so mm-hmm. that higher in competitiveness, like you said, kind of that top percentile, like exploded, got way, you know, improved quite a bit. You had people and on, on, you know breaking records, high school records that have never been touched for 30 years, that stuff was starting to come around again. But then you, you know, the flip side of that coin is you have the internet. So yeah, there's so much more entertainment besides like, I'm going to go run or ride, or yeah, or ride, my, ride, my, bike, go ride yeah. my bike. You know, like, that's, that's another point that this article yeah, brought up indoor, about, yeah. uh, about the internet, about digital competition. Right. It can be taking away some from, right. from actual road racing. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, with Strava, which we we love and love being a part that. of, you can get your competition fix uh-huh. just by racing yourself or the other people who have historically done this segment on mm-hmm. Strava. With Zwift, which is a wonderful tool to mm-hmm. get your winter and indoor training in, right. there's races on Zwift. And every you, day. There every are. day. Yeah. If you Justin can, Wagner was here, he would tell you about that and how they even have like indoor racing that's certified mm-hmm. you know so that right. you're not just in your house anymore like you can go to you know these facilities and have these races but you're still doing indoor, indoor cycling, mm-hmm. racing. cycling racing it's and pretty interesting and that's the point that it's this article world. i know we're jumping way ahead in this article but it does make that point is is that taking away from Road, <laughs> the, road stuff. what do we call yeah. the, the real life racing yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. what we're gonna call IRL. it IRL. IRL. yeah IRL. Well, IRL. yeah and then i i'm sure this wasn't within the article it's like traffic right where it's yes. like yeah, it's if in there. Distracted driving. Distracted driving. Texting, texting and driving. Texting, Keeping yeah. some driving. people off you know, that, the roads. That's huge. Yeah. I think it's huge. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, all of us, I know Lance is probably not the one person to talk to. Like, all of us should be scared out there on the road, for yeah. sure, of, of people texting. Like, it drives me to go bike inside. Yeah. You know? Like, I could go bike at four in the morning. But, you know, or the real times that I try to avoid is like five o'clock traffic. And, you know, it's yeah. just like, you know, you know, there's a lot of crazies out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of societal problems with us riding on the road in general. I mean, there's people that just can't stand the thought of seeing a cyclist on the side of the road for a myriad of different reasons and they're driving distracted with their phones and yeah, we don't want to interact with that. So it's chasing roadies off the road to try other things because they don't want to end up dead or hurt, se- severely yeah. hurt. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. why you have the likes of, you know, gravel riding and gravel racing are yeah. exploding yeah. right yeah. now. So in yeah. cyclocross too, right? I mean, well, you know, and, that's, and that's another, well. I mean, I, I know a lot of these articles talking about the problem with road cycling have this negative overtone over last. I mean, when I was at Interbike, there there was definitely a <clears throat> negative overtone to the discussions they were talking with road cycling. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just like you said, that is maybe giving way to a huge explosion of gravel racing and an increase in cyclocross yeah. in America. It just sucks though, because riding your bike on the road is oh, fun it. and it yeah. can be yeah. a lot of fun racing it. your bike on the road is a lot of mm-hmm. fun and it's just unfortunate that there are so many cat or not cats, but there's so many different issues or things that you have to th- be thinking about that can make everything go sideways so quickly yeah it's yeah. truly unfortunate and i can definitely see that being a reason why people are getting off their road bike and they're doing other things and then they're not falling out of love with racing the road bike but they're just finding other things like well i'm, I'm not riding my road bike as much i'm going to go try out these this gravel grinding series or i'm going to mm-hmm. go do this cyclocross series i'm going to try some mountain biking because i don't want to get hit by a car or worse like oh you know i haven't ridden my road bike in two weeks i'm going to go to cyclocross with my buddy who keeps bugging me to go to not cyclocross i'm going to get my i was thinking of crossfit right so oh, <laughs> oh crossfit, yeah. CrossFit <laughs> well instead. you know i'm just thinking like okay you know what are the other yeah. you know, draws to you know, athletics. You besides. know, CrossFit in their last games had a criterium. Did anybody else see that here? What? They, they had a criterium. Now, don't get me wrong. There were actually two guys there who were technical riders. They said that year they knew it was going to be in there and they did some bike racing. But holy crap. I mean, okay. If, I think I did see a clip If we're going to label these guys as the fittest in the world, there were guys on their bikes there that looked like they could barely ride a bicycle. It was, it was Oh, it was so bad looking. <laughs> And I love the announcers. Like they're they're like introducing drafting. Like it's this amazing thing. There's like like you can see Harry slipping behind him there. You can put out thirty less watts, right? They're thirty percent less watts. <laughs> anyway, that was way off track. But yeah, no, so, yeah. I'd... Circling this back to um, just teams in general, I think that there's a lot that can be done there uh, that, that teams can do, and I, I think that we can talk about that a little bit more in the future. Um, let's kick on to the, the next topic that they have here with um, events and promoters. And they're talking about how there's been a, a shift from the clubs and teams putting on the races to now actually having race directors from you know racing organizations that are putting it on and the things that they're being um, put up against to make this happen. So uh, the, the biggest thing that kind of shocked me is if you read through this and start to look at the numbers, the cost Oh my lord! Yeah. The cost to yeah. put on a race, shutting down those courses, is so expensive. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I know that th- here in the the Portland you know, Pacific Northwest area, it's it's the same problems. I mean, they're, they're mm-hmm. maybe not quite as astronomical as some of these, but the the promoters are up against. You have their backs up against the wall to just to try and break even, let alone make a few bucks for the time that they're putting into these. You know, a lot of these race promoters. It's a gamble for them, um, whether or not the, the race makes money or not. And sometimes they're losing money. Sometimes they're making a couple of bucks and they're putting in gobs and gobs of hours to make this happen. Mm-hmm. That for me is a huge problem because what what's going to keep somebody wanting to do this for, you know, years to come yeah. or to, to offer us a new and exciting races? You know, how, how do you change? How do you change like? insurance companies in cities with licenses and permits and all of the, the the other costs that come along with having flaggers and signs and police officers 
that's just insane. You, you, I don't think we're going to be able to change that because you can't go to these people and say, you need to lower your money. They're going to laugh at you in, the, in, in your face and say, yeah, well, then just don't do the event. How do, how do we combat this? How do we work around this? That's, that's a huge quote. Well, isn't this where, and Jake, you would know better, isn't this where like OBRA and USAC need to really step in and, and help those promoters? Because, uh, kind of. Because I know back in Ohio, we had this problem where we had this great road race series. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to forget the guy's name who put it on anybody from Ohio listening, please comment with this guy's name. I forget his name, but, uh, he put on this great road race series for years and years, had this big series championship too. It was a stage race, uh, series that ended the series. Uh It was a weekend of racing. It was awesome. And he gave it up for a year or two and it disintegrated Uh because of the hard work that he put in, but he said he wasn't making it. He was losing money off of it. And it just wasn't fair to him to have to put that on. But I completely agree. And I think as soon as he left is when they realized how much the work, how important he was, the work and the risk that these promoters put into these races, they should be making decent money and they're, they're just not going to be able to do that. And so, you know, everybody's simple problem or solution to the problem is you need to go get more sponsors to get more money to offset your costs. Well, if you've got, you know, if you're having to change your venue because you can't get a, a you know a permit from the city to to be in a town area where people can come watch, and you're all of a sudden going to be in some rural area, you're going to be then going doing the the whole office um, you know industrial park racing series, and it's just the racers are showing up. What sponsor is going to want to throw money at that? Mm-hmm. So it, it just becomes kind of a, a bit of a problem, or you keep dipping back into the same pool of sponsors and, and constantly asking them for money, and they're like, well, what are we getting out of this? So how do you combat these problems? How can we think outside of the box and come up with some way to make some some more money for these to be successful? I think Evan's idea of like, hey, you know, that could be one of like, I'm not to throw Uber under the bus or anything like that, but like that could be part of their mission where it's like, hey, you know, you Lance, you're just Joe off the street and you want to put on a race, like here's the packet to do it. Like here's what you do. And not only that, but we've lobbied the city and Vancouver city and Oregon, you know, Portland mm-hmm. and Camas, and we've lobbied these groups and we've said, you've got to lower your, you know, permits fees because this is important for athletics and it's important for health. Yep. And, and this, so, and this region should, this is, this is a we, big, we value that. This is, this is what sure. disappoints me with the Portland marathon too, with all the difficulties that that went through. I know that that was a completely different thing. There were other political there's, reasons. There's lots of problems. Yeah. Yep. But I think that this is a big reflection to the road cycling community. We're a region like Portland and Vancouver is supposed to be promoting healthy lifestyles, yada, 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 like up on their big high stool talking about that. You know, we got farmers markets, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when a sport wants to come in and promote an increase in activity Mm -hmm. for these communities. These are supposed to be cycling communities. We put in bike lanes. We put, I mean, this is the most cycling friendly communities we were in America. We were, but I mean, we, we still should be, and we are still way up there. How these races should be supported by the cities and they should, I mean, these cities are making so much money, right? You know how many people are moving into Portland? Does Portland really need to be throttling the road cycling community right now? Like, I, I mean, just that, think that's that just ridiculous to me that that stuff is increasing it, in price. It still takes someone or some organization to say, hey, we have multiple thousand people that want this mm-hmm. and this is an issue. And if no one brings that issue to the city or whichever city or the community or whatever it is, then they're going to keep moving on. 
Yeah. And they're going to say, well, we have to pay for our police officers to be here and here and here, and we're going to have traffic problems, and that's going to cost this much money. Yeah. Like, they, they have to just do that quick math and call it, you the, know, call the price. The police, the, the police officers is where I feel bad, because I know that was the problem with the Portland Marathon, too, was, was that those one, guys are... One of the problems. One of the, <laughs> yeah, one of the many problems. I yeah, know I know yeah, there are yeah. other problems, but they're, I mean, those guys are, you know, obviously they already, already way overstretched yeah. and underpaid, and I know yeah. that's difficult for them, but... Right, but if there's, if, if the community sees lots of people in numbers wise saying that this is important then they they make the you know mm-hmm. funds available I so mean, for god's sake we'll shut down an entire street block for a beer festival but yeah. people who want to be active and jump onto bicycles oh no. well no we're yeah not beer, that's Beer's because important. it's a Beer's it's important. a six mile loop right. circuit yeah. instead of one street block or that's it's, true well and i think it, besides permitting there's other things too that or you know that organizations like obra can do right like you know, making it easier for new um, race organizers, right? So whether that's like, here's the steps that you take to make, you know, to put on a race, um, because we have a lot of the same event organizers doing like race after race after race. You don't have as many like new organizers putting on races, right? Because it's hard and you don't know what you're doing, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that would be super challenging for me to put on a road race. I wouldn't know what to do or where to start. But if organizations like Obra are like, we want to encourage new event organizers to do something, then how do we do that? Well, we try to make it as easy as possible for them to do it. You know, you follow these steps, you'll put on a decent race. It's not going to be, you know, the world's greatest race, but you know, it's a great place to start. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Do they have these issues in triathlon? Is this something? Oh, that, absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. They're the same issues. Yeah. And, and you know, you guys know me, I don't know as, I don't know hardly anything about the road racing scene. I've done a couple of road races in the, in the area, but you know, I've done tons of running and I've done tons of triathlons and stuff like that. And so you, you know, you this see is, the same issues and the same this problems. Is, this is maybe where the road cycling community and the triathlon community can start to feed off each other a little bit. The Y triathlon racing group out here job. is a great, they, they do a wonderful job. Yep. Anybody listening who does triathlons if from this region has probably done a Y triathlon event mm-hmm. and right. has seen how high quality those are. I mean, maybe the road cycling community needs to ask them back and forth and be like, Hey, like we need some help. We need, you know, what can, and we, just, do? And yeah. what can we do to, yeah. to okay. spread this? So yeah. what's the number two triathlon race organization in this, in this <laughs> area? Point. I have no idea. There is no I one. I couldn't tell you. Right? Yep. So yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Not, I mean, obviously is. I like Y racing. Oh, know, I love Y racing know. too. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not another one. No, there's not. You You're know, right. There's, uh, there's the not. whole best of the West community, but that's a little bit South. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit further away. Corvallis basically. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. High horse. <laughs> yeah well there's got to be um uh, i think people from the racing scene need to come together with the people from the city scene and there needs to be some some round tables and yeah. we need to talk about the benefits and i think that matt really struck a chord there and i think that there needs to be more communication and lobbying i think that needs to happen from us um even though i hate that the idea of that no but, right yeah. yeah that that's the poor choice of words for sure well, right it, but it is it, what it is though I mean. yeah but it is what it is yeah but that's basically I, I hate what myself i mean, for even saying that right yeah but, but that's yeah. but that's what i mean Let's let's not kid ourselves here. This this would be political at some point. Yeah. It would have to yeah. get political. There's yeah. no way this stuff happens without getting political. Yeah. Right. And like going back to the the USAC and mm-hmm. OBRA and basically they need to be able to leverage their numbers and the stuff that they're yeah. doing to get better insurance policies so that we're not they have to know, see growth. Yeah. And the yeah. insurance does come through OBRA. Um OBRA does right. have their um 
you know, there, there are people that they're set up with in the in, inside the insurance industry to get us the best deal, but those prices are still going up. And at right. the end of the day, it falls down to if these promoters are going to make anything happen and they're not able to get the sponsorship money, it just ends up being us paying more for our races. And and I think on average right now for a road race, we're paying about 35 bucks. Um, if you pre-register and about 40 to 50 bucks, if you're doing day of cyclocross isn't too far off that now no, it's, so, it's between 30 and 25 yeah, bucks yeah it, it, it used to be quite a bit less than yeah. that and just over the past few years they've bumped their prices up as well and it's because so so i know i know we have some listeners in europe um i one of my best friends uh from back in undergrad was a french kid from the near the french belgian border uh, yeah. b- border area um when he came here and started racing for the team i was on in ohio uh he was appalled that he had to pay for races he had he didn't even bring his wallet to a race and i told oh. him i was like hey let's go register he's like what are you talking about didn't the team already register us it's like no we have to go register and pay he looked at me and la- he thought i was joking yeah i was like no really we have to pay <laughs> he didn't bring his wallet i had to pay for him that race like he had no idea yeah and he was so shocked he's like you guys pay to race he was like no like so apparently the the french cycling group yeah. in belgium yeah. does the same thing and spain does the same yeah. thing they support all of the financial fees that now I know that that model probably can't happen here as easily, but yeah. something to strive for, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe there's something we can learn from over in Europe. Maybe there's some way that they're doing this that is working because they have very fruitful yeah, amateur obviously. road racing yeah. over there. They have very well supported and it was for a long time considered a poor man's sport, which mm-hmm. means that it's affordable for everybody to do, Yeah, which is the end goal. I mean, right. That's how you get more people doing it yeah, is you sure, make yeah. it more and more for that's triathlon's main yeah. problem is it's not affordable, yeah, it's but a, yeah, but even, cycling, even in Europe, they have that problem, but cycling and running can be affordable True, yeah. and I think they should be. And that's how you get bigger numbers. Like how do you get bigger numbers? Make it reasonable for right. yeah. a kid working a high school summer job to go and race and not have to break the bank totally. every single time yeah. he wants to race. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about doing races in places like an office park where it's just... You know, Love it. Th- those are pretty Love fun. It. They can, are so fun. <laughs> how, how can we make those more attractive to a sponsor to come in and say, all right, I'm going to get behind this. I mean, how can, how can you make it more of like a festival kind of atmosphere? I've got an idea for this. Go and on. this is because of Portland's culture. Yeah. You make a beer garden and food trucks. Those food trucks, they, man, they can go anywhere, yeah. right? There you go. Yeah. Make yeah. it a cyclocross style event. Road racing needs to learn from how cyclocross makes their events. You get beer in there and you get food. Yeah. There you go. Well, you make it fun. Criteriums yeah. in this general area have, have not died, but yeah. they're very few and far between. If yeah, I'm that's not how you bring them back. Office parks. So if we were to find an office park, and here's another thing that Obra used to do, which they've kind of gotten away from, kind of like the article has stated, is all teams before were supposed to put on a race so that they could be you know, assured that there's plenty of races on the calendar. Now, we don't have a shortage of races. It's just fewer people that are putting on the races, but... You know, maybe there's something to be said that we can. Can I can I shoot out an idea here? Go for it. Okay, so we've got we've got the tech center area uh-huh. where Hub is located. Yep. Sort you think of, yeah. you think there's a route that could go around there that could be safe for a criterium? Oh, uh, it's a little tight. It's a little densely populated. I'm um, not saying like right next to Hub. Yeah. Those. Well, that's the te- the tech center that's there. Yeah. Is still. Yeah. Still tight. Yeah. It would have to be right close to hub so do you know where kelly point is yes yes that would be a good area over there because it's pretty quiet on the weekends that's not a bad idea yeah that's a great part about this is like your your costs you know of and not really like 
financial, you know, like, you know, you, this permit or whatever it is, but your cost to people, to aggravating traffic, to aggravating, right. you know, businesses, mm-hmm. it's a lot lower because you can do something like, hey, let's go to this business park on a Sunday. Guess what? No one else is there or, you know, a Saturday, like, hey, and, shouldn't, and, uh, shouldn't and, be working. And a place like Hub or your restaurants around there should be open to that. You got a ton of hungry cyclists coming in there. Right. Sure. Yeah. And we all go and eat after those races. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I've heard, that's why Ironman thrives in certain areas. Yeah. You bring right. 2,000 well, hungry triathletes. You kidding me? That's in, yeah. That's money. And they charge the cities oh, they to do. put the races on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, slightly different than what we have going on with cycling. Right hey, so, I think cyclists are just yeah. as hungry after races. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know the, the bike race, you know, the bike races around here are not charging Portland to put on a race there. No. Right. No, no, so no. that's an Ironman problem. But it's hey, why, but why, still. why not in Vancouver give a criterium a shot? Let's see if, let's see what Vancouver can do and see if Portland will say like, Hey, that works. Well, yeah. We've we've had a uh, criterium downtown. For, I heard about yeah, yeah for years. It's been and, canceled the last couple of years yeah. because of uh, permitting issues and yep. cost issues. So yeah, and construction just, that was happening down there. Yeah, too. yeah it but it was very popular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say that road cycling is dying here. And I, I think I alluded to this in the last podcast that there was actually an uptick in the ra- number of race days. And so, like you know, if Evan went out and did ten races, then he would be accounting for ten race days. So there mm-hmm. has been a small percent, small percentage um, uptick in race days, which is great. And, and like I said before, we usually try and make up for that when we hit the cyclocross season because that's like our, our bread and butter sport for the year. But there's an uptick, and I think that road racing is still alive here. But I think it could be much better. I mean, there's too many times that you'll show up to a race and like you're you're anticipating a, a category being. 40, 50 people deep and you look around, there's like 20 or 25 and it, yeah. it definitely could be bigger. I, I, I don't want to like be like the dial cycling guy, but doesn't it help, you know, those numbers when you have a new team and it happens to be a new big team all of a sudden come on the scene like dial cycling did. I mean, I'm not saying like we're the reason that the numbers are up, but we're the reason that the numbers are up. <laughs> I think, I think Jake and the team are the it's reason that the numbers are up. And, that and right that's now. probably why, yeah. you know, people are approaching Jake and being like, Hey, can you, you know, look at, look at Obra, come, you know, come look and see what you think <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. But it's, I, I just, I think that what, I'm still worried about the yeah. situation of yeah. this, like numbers are declining stuff. Yeah. So, and we, also on triathlons. So yeah. We I'm as a cycling community can do better. The teams out there, mm-hmm. there are, I think a hundred and, well, I, I think I was told that there was 109 registered teams right now. Um, there's a lot of other teams out there that can do much better and do more. I mean, there are mm-hmm. even teams out there that are just you know, eight or 10 people. Yeah. Go grab a few more kids and yeah. bring them out and start training. Let them get on the rise and, and yeah. do more and start to give back and, and be a little bit more proactive with building the community. Don't just you know put on a kit and show up on race day and, yeah. and nobody ever hears from you. I mean, we, we beat our drum across the board, whether it be social media, whether it be showing up to charity events, whether it be showing up to races mm-hmm. or how we communicate with each other. I mean, I've really wanted to celebrate our team and our community and I want us to give back and I want us to be challenged and I want us to go out and race bicycles and have fun and, yeah. and you know, get other people interested in and bring more people into the sport. I and mean, then, it's not and hard. Then why, why not too? And this is, I know we always bring triathlon into this talk, but I think part of the reason that dialed has continued to grow at the rate that it's growing because it was open to a triathlon team. Yeah. If you're a smaller yeah. cycling team and you've got triathletes training by themselves in that community, why not say, Hey, we'll, you know, do some stuff in triathlon. If you come out and road rage with us, yeah. here's my theory and get, and get them jumping over the road race. Scene here's too. my theory. I think w- these cycling teams that are probably smaller are a couple of competitive people getting together. Like, Oh, Lance and our buddies, whatever we like to race. Like let's, 
be, let's make our own team. Right. And you know, and whatever it is. So we, we gather our buddies and we have a team, we race, it's fun. We drink beer. It's awesome. And then like a couple years go by and some of us aren't racing as much anymore. And all of us are getting older. We're not mm-hmm. recruiting young people to race on our team because right. this is just our team that we put together. This is just our fun team that we just did. You know, mm-hmm. that was awesome. And then, you know, you have those teams that are, you know, maybe they were 15 or 20, you know, people on that team and they dwindled down to eight or whatever. They're not, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's way different than like these big teams that we talk about. Cause you know, you theoretically would have like youth development programs and all these things that are like, kind of like a little bit of outreach type stuff. I don't think a lot of teams are like that. I think a lot of teams are like, these are my friends and we race together. Yeah. And then we don't like when, as we get older, whatever it is, that's mm-hmm. my theory. Hmm. I, I think you're right. And how do you, how I do you nail that on the head with a hundred and what was that? 106 teams? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere right in there. Yeah. So, I mean, how many of those are large? Yeah. That's six. Yeah. Right. You know, but if we challenged every team to grow by 10%, you know, even the, the people yeah. that are 10 people teams, just go find one person and put them on your team. You grew by 10%, you know? Yeah. Well, how would you encourage people to do that? Like, Hey, what's the What's the reward for growing by 10%? There's got to be different incentives, and that's a matter of bringing on different um, sponsorships, different kind of support for the organization, getting people excited about racing. Um, there, there's got to be like a little carrot at the end of the, the string so. for, to, to bring people on. And I, I try step all the time with our team, just saying, all right, guys, what is it that's going to make this more enjoyable for you? And so mm-hmm. we can you know we've been able to leverage our numbers to create um partnerships with people on the outside to support our team which has been great and it's not very hard to write up a sponsorship packet it's not very hard to contact different vendors that you would need to support your team to to get the things that that your team's going to need to make it an incentive to be a part of your team okay so is that stuff that obra could put together like here's a packet of how to do that because I have never written like a sponsorship like packet. You there, know, like there, suggestion there for is sponsorship. not. And I've been, um, I've had a couple people that are looking to start teams. Right. I've had their emails forwarded to me by people on Obra <laughs> saying, "Hey, right. Jake, yeah. can you help this yes. guy out? You've you've always got something figured out." So. And that's and that's from the. I mean, you're 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 not like a you you just got into Obra. Yeah. And like you're, you're being handed to like, hey, uh, how do you start a team, Jake? Yeah, <laughs> I, there should be a blueprint for yeah. us to follow. And I mean, you can you can take said blueprint and you yeah. can you know alter it to fit your needs so that Absolutely. you build your the house the way that you like it. But yeah. there's definitely things that you should be doing along the way that are going to help make you more successful. And there's, and there's maybe maybe it's ev- even as easy. So so this is an idea from Interbike. I won't take and I I won't take this as my own, but. Um, there was one guy up there talking about just growing local teams. Like, how mm-hmm. the heck do we grow lo- local teams? And this is not news to Jake by any means, but just for people listening, not a bad idea to look at local bike shops and say, hey, when that guy comes in, he's like, hey, you know what? I've been riding my mountain bike as a commuter lately, but I have a couple of friends who like have road bikes and those look fast and fun. So I'm going to jump yeah. on there. And just that bike shop, when you buy that new bike, having some information on, hey, here are three big local teams. If you want to go out there and do group rides and stuff like that, you know, ever want to do anything more with it, here's their information. Go yeah. ahead and just reach out to them. You just bought a new road bike. Here's how you get into the cycling community now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, so it's it's accessible right when you purchase that road bike. Yeah, instead of idea. Instead of having to scour Facebook right. and be like, all right, who's got the most likes on their team page? Well, Shoot a random message over there and hope that you get a response. And you know? I think a lot of bike shops might have those group rides, which kind of... It's kind of the same idea. Where yeah, it's but like, we've been on all those. It's not. It's not like on those. It's yeah. It's but, not like they're saying like, "Hey, you should join a team." It's like everybody's got their group of friends there. They show up like, "Who's the new guy?" All right, go on the ride. Yeah, and I, I actually think our area is lacking that. Like, yeah, you know that like, hey, 
you know, the third, you know, Thursday night open ride or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we all know where to find rides, but like if you World, just bought your World Bike you Project actually was talking oh, about really? that organizing group rides in a database. So it was yeah. talking about how to organize. Ooh, I could write that. So like they were saying, if you go to a new town and you're like, I would like hop on a ride. bike yeah. shop ride or something, you can search on there and there's yeah. your bike shop ride right yeah. there. Great. Yeah. 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 There I mean, was a, oh, go ahead, I was just gonna say like, we know how to find rides because we are familiar with Strava and all yeah. this stuff like Most that. Most people don't know that stuff. But something, yeah. I like your idea of being like, you just bought a bike and here you go. You yep. know, here's your options for teams yeah. that can help you out. But it kind of goes back to this whole elitist attitude and the a-holdery that is yeah. out there. It's that it's, needs to go away. It's That's... very easy to move to a place and feel like, like, oh crap, I don't know any of these people. And you know, it, it could be intimidating to ask a question if these people are just like, like putting their nose up to you. I mean, all you have to do is be welcoming and open and accepting of, of new people and, and put, put yourself out there. If you're looking to bring more people onto your team, or if you're looking to, you know, build your cycling community, it's not a hard um, recipe to put together to be successful. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there looking for that kind of stuff. Cause when I moved to Camas, Washington, where I'm at here in the, the PDX area, I, th- there wasn't really much going on. There was a, another local bike shop that had a team that was doing mostly like mountain cross stuff. But in, in the road riding world, there wasn't much going on over here. And I, I'm looking around on Strava. I'm like, there's all of these people riding in all these little pockets all over the place. But there isn't really a formal team. There's no formal rides that were at least announced to the world. Right. And, you know, fast forward to today, we, we kind of put that in place and it's doing yeah. great things. And you did, because I'll tell you what, I got lucky when I came out here <laughs> running to Jake. I'm, I'm not like really like. I came yeah. out here and I thought the same thing you did, Jake. I was like, I know there's a lot of bike riding out here, but yeah. I have no We're idea where to go. But yeah. <laughs> there's another thing in here that they thought that they're presenting it as being a possible op- problem with the, the road racing scene because people are, are, instead of going to a road race and signing up and paying a, a fee and you know taking their whole day, they'll just show up to these these group rides, kind of like the, the local Wasabi right. Island shootout here that, that's kind of mirrored after the shootout down in Tucson. And there's a bunch of other rides where you can show up and you can go out there and get your, your racing fix. You fix. don't pay a dime yeah. and yeah. it's local and it's really simple. And, and they're, they're kind of pointing their fingers to that as being an issue. And I've actually heard people say the same thing about the local racing here or the, the, the Savi Island shootout being an issue. And I, I'm 100% opposite on, on their thought process. I think mm-hmm. that that is great. And if you yeah. want to... Right. Those are the to, guys are racing. The it, guys going to that are all racing. It's a concentrated yeah. group of those guys. That's your market right there. Show up and talk to them. Yes. Extend, yeah. yes. extend your magic. hand and shake their hand and say, you just killed it. You should come out and try some of these races. Or team directors show up and you don't see a guy wearing a team kit because usually if you're on a team and you show up to that ride nine times out of 10, you've got your team kit on. So it's very easy to say, Hey, that guy's just got like a standard kit on. I'm going to go over there and talk to him. He's pretty strong. He's, I wonder if he's looking for a team to race on. It's very easy to do that and make those connections. And if you don't take that line of a holery or that stuck up attitude or that, like, right. I'm not going to go over and talk to him. That's and you it. actually approach the person with a smile on your face and greet them. and like, man, you killed it out there today. That's awesome. You know, what team do you race for? And you start that conversation all of a sudden, you're recruiting somebody to come out and try bike racing to be a part of your team. All of these 109 or 106 teams out there should be doing that on a consistent basis, and we should create more of the Savvy Island shootouts yeah. all over the place and and grow our sport that way. I agree. So, so when when you look at like let's look at like football. Yeah. So like, how does football recruit kids to go play football? They go to track practice. I mean, like, think about Urban Meyer. Oh, you yeah. want to know why Urban Meyer's been so good at Ohio State? That guy goes to track meets. Yeah. And he looks. He's like, hey, you're pretty fast. Uh, do you play football? Okay. Yeah, you should. So let's go you ahead. You do now. Yeah. <laughs> you do now. You're a wide receiver, and yeah. you're going to get a D1, con- you know, yeah. scholarship. Why aren't we doing that in cycling? Where it's 
like you said, these team directors going to these type of shootout rides, uh-huh. or even here's a wild idea going out to like cross country stuff and saying like, Hey, high school kids, you know, you've got to tell people that's not, part of my plan. Do I'm not gonna, recruit my athletes away are from you me. stealing t- all of Matt's I'm, athletes. I'm, I'm going to recruit by, Matt's athletes because this is how we went to golden triathlon yeah. is American East start recruiting those yeah. kids. But that's how you get them. You say like, Hey, you're off. You can't run year round and beat your body up at the age of 15, 16. When I jump on a bike here, yes. so you should run all year round and beat your body up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you should be promoting that because that's good for business. For I'm you, all, man. I'm, I'm all for that. I'll tell you, <laughs> good for business. So. But yeah, I think, I think cycling does need to get away from that purist mentality. Yeah. It's got, it's got to start thinking outside the box. Well, I'm not seeing enough thinking outside the box. Another thing we could do is be like, hey, let's take a camera along the way on this Avi Island shootout and be like. Hey, we can take that to the city and be like, don't you think we need to issue more permits? Like, look at this <laughs> pack of cyclists out on the road with traffic yeah. and they're, you know, and they're going to cause problems Ooh, no matter idea. what. It's like either way you make permits to come down and that, you know, and all of a sudden it's like easier for them to find races or avenues yeah. for them to do this. Stuff. The Savi Island stuff is a win-win, right? Like it's free. It's encouraging cycling. Like this is great. And we could t- turn that around and show the city, like we need to issue more permits for races. How about this? Keep Savi Island a free race. Have the city oh, yeah, say, yeah, hey, you can bring in certain sponsors. They can set up tents and stuff like that. You organize, loosely organize a couple races. I don't think that, they're that's probably going to keep it free. They, they, yeah. they won't do it because um, yeah. I'm putting this in air quotes. Some guy is a, a promoter of that. They mm-hmm. advocates for the ride, but they don't want to, it to be an official they thing. To they don't want no. the liability. It's just, you don't want the liability. It's just yeah, guys absolutely. who show up I don't and blame just them. riding their bike. And they just put together a great fast. thing. I don't, yeah. I don't blame them at all. They put together a great yeah. thing and they're awesome. But yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's the whole reason of like, oh, why would we do a free triathlon? Why would you do a free swim series? Why would you do all this stuff free? It's like, I don't want the liability. Like someone drowns, they're going to call. They're going to be calling me, you know, or whatever it is. I don't want to have. This is, this is the other wicked problem with this is lawyers. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Yep. Everybody wants to put their hands in the pockets of people going out there and riding their bikes. So yeah. Um, Anything else on this list? I, I know that we're getting kind of deep into this whole thing. Is there anything else on the list that, that you guys want to talk about? They tried to blame Lance. They Armstrong, did. the Lance Hepler on this. They tried to blame the Lance, the Lance Hepler this. effect. Get out, of, get out of here with that. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? No, okay. Me? So let me let Lance me play Armstrong. devil's advocate. Oh, play devil's God, you know go. I love you know I love to play devil's I know, advocate. I know. Okay, I know. so let's go. <laughs> so you gotta imagine when you have an American winning, like seriously, like you know, yeah, like seven Tour de France. Like all of us were like, yes, yes, America, yes, America, cycling, America, cycling, America, America, America. America. <laughs> no, I mean you you've gotta imagine like. The sale, just like, oh, he was on drugs the whole time. That's a major letdown. Like, I think yeah. that there was a boom in cycling during that time frame of him doing Absolutely. well. Yeah. People are buying bikes. Trek bikes are probably selling Here's, okay. You know, it's yep. like, I can just I, think. Can I blame something else with professional cycling that is not Lance? Well, and, and I'm not sure it's like to blame. I think it was, I think cycling was dead in America before. And then you have Lance Armstrong come on and win a whole bunch cycling of stuff. Cycling had a huge boom in the late 80s, early 90s. Like it, 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 I, I remember people were talking about like when late eighties, early nineties, yeah. late, late eighties, early nineties, when like Hincapie, everybody of that era was start like our professional right. boys were starting to develop through the mid nineties. There, there was a big boom at that time. I remember them talking about that in the Midwest. That was, we had, uh, uh, Andrea used to race actually down right. in Michigan and Ohio. And I remember them talking about, there was a big boom in road cycling at that time. You weren't even born in the eighties. Yeah, I, uh, this was roughly when I was three or four years <laughs> yeah, old. Okay. I wasn't quite on the circuit yet. <laughs> so, I just no, I no. Just, this is this is th- right. this is from people who had been in the community for a while right. telling me these stories. Yeah, and I'm just but, remember- <laughs> yeah, I'm remembering people being like, 
oh yeah we watched the tour de france like yeah like you just heard people saying like yeah we watched the tour de france like this is a this doesn't happen as much anymore yeah guys are running american underwear up and down alpe d'huez flying the american flag it's awesome but the tour has gotten more calculated and more boring it has gone there was a time where like cycling was like romantic for a time period in the mid nineties, late nineties, early two thousands romantic. It was, (laughs) it was Lance romantic. And what killed it was now these teams, they calculate splits and race to power. Yeah. I don't know. So you got it. I don't believe, I don't believe I I am. Oh man. I'm going to pay devil's advocate. You You got like, you got this $2 million team sky that's just destroying these great races. Absolutely. Now I'm not blaming team sky because team sky can go out there and win all that they want. That's fine. It looks like Chris Froome's just staring at his power numbers, but I don't think he is. I think he just has an awkward style (laughs) and, and he wins races on descents. Like there, there's cool stuff going on in cycling. I'm fine with that, but let's just like, I don't know, take away power meters. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, <laughs> for the races. For the races. Take away power meters. That See would if got change, a pan of time. Take away power change, meter yeah. and take away the communication devices. Take away the, yeah. That would be different. That would be fun. I'd love it. Well they could do they could do a race like that and I it would love be fun. watching the old nineties races. You see like Marco Pantani attack at the base of some random mid climb? Like that does not happen anymore. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. I still think that there's excitement around British cycling. There because is. and it's the same thing as like the US. Like there was excitement around US cycling when mm-hmm. we have our heroes and they're right. doing well right. and they're and we can relate to those heroes, whether they're you know, it's because like, oh, this person grew up here, you know, Lance grew up in Texas. Like I know I know Lance is like my old best buddy, right? Like I yeah. gotta cheer for him, right? Like we all can relate to that. And we, you know, I think it does spur on individual countries and individual communities and whatever it is to to kind of have that uptick in yeah bike sales and bike racing and all the stuff that relates to the sport. Well, here's we the a, thing. We, we need a pro hero. Yeah, we've we talked about this before. The best cyclist in the world is very well from here in the United States. And that person probably doesn't even ride a bicycle because they just right. don't know any better. Yeah, They're probably, probably, probably plays basketball. Exactly. So it's because mm-hmm. of our culture and our staple sure. sports that the kids generally get into on a very consistent basis and they will chew them up and spit them out by the time they're in their mid-20s. And we don't really discover that this person was exceptional until they're probably 30, 30-something years old, and yeah, it's, it's too late. Or maybe that kid yeah. trickled into running because so. it's a much more supported collegiate sport, yeah, and is. he got a full Good. ride for it, and yeah. that kid's running the 10K at NCAA D1. He could have been the best cyclist in the country. So Who knows? we yeah. can sit around and point our fingers at that, or we can go out there and we can start to develop these kids and find them. Yeah. And I think that falls on you know, communities. Find a couple of these kids. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. We'll do our best, and we'll challenge other people in their communities to do the best. But really, uh, across the board, people that, that run cycling organizations, uh, I be it teams or clubs need to do a better job of developing the next next kid. They need to be mentors to these kids. They need to get them on the bike and they need to challenge them to, you know, race and to ride and to learn all the stuff that comes along with it and watch them naturally develop as a cyclist. I think that, that that's exactly. something we all need to do. Exactly. So I don't blame Lance Armstrong is what I was trying to get out there. <laughs> just, just, just I think Lance you Epler. made your point. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we um, do we really have a hero right now? I mean, TJ Van That's, Garden was like a, a big hope for a long time. He's but such he, a nice guy. I love TJ, yeah. but he's not he's not an encompassing human being. He's yeah. not like a he's not a transcendent athlete. Yeah. We do not have a transcendent athlete no, in cycling no, right now. No, we don't. Yeah, you've got some of these guys on the education education first the EF is that yeah. what it is? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're they're fun to watch, like Lawson Craddock and Oh yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few others. There's the, other, guy. Who's I mean, the other chilled out funny guy. Uh um Tyler. Oh, I know. Yeah, Finney, I know Tyler, 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 Taylor Finney. Taylor Finney. Yeah. 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 He's he's comedy. Yeah. <laughs> he's comedy gold, but he's he not is. the he is. Yeah. the next great cyclist. So um, And I mean there's there's you know, you had uh, who who is it? John uh Jonathan Brown, the national champ over this last year. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, he's, you know, 24, 25. He's right. a young kid. I mean, he's got a ton of talent. But, yeah, I'm not sure if you got anybody on the world tour outside of, well, there was, Mike Woods is American, isn't he? Michael Woods? Michael Woods. Rusty Woods? No, no, no. Michael Woods at uh, the World Championship oh, is yeah. second. Yeah, American. No, 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 no. He, no, he's not. He's uh, Australian. Oh, he's Aussie. Never mind. Huh. <laughs> I was about to get on his soapbox <laughs> there, but yeah. Outside of him, I mean, Tolansky was up there for a while, but now he's a professional triathlete. Yeah. Well, it, it just kind of comes back on us to, to build our sport. We need to yeah. put more emphasis on cycling as a whole because if you look at the other countries – they have a huge infrastructure built for developing these kids. Like your friend who came here, you know, he's yeah. like, you guys paid a race. I mean, if, yeah. if we had something where we could promote our juniors to go out and race for free, I mean, that would be great for the parents to get them involved in stuff and find out ways to get these kids on bikes for less money and just like really start to build up the sport from the, the juniors up. I think that that would really help us in the long run. You know, we do have a teammate that um, that is helping with that. We sure do. Yeah. Uh, during one of the, the Tuesday night cyclocross series, um, um, all juniors race for free Yep. because a teammate, Eric Hagstad, and his uh, real estate company, they sponsored it. That's awesome. Yeah, That is awesome. Yeah. So that yeah. is, every it's kid. guys like that. Yeah. It's guys like that. Then we've seen more people like yeah. that. His, yeah. his, uh, his business, his real estate business is called Inhabit. Inhibit or Inhabit? Inhabit, inhabit Portland, I think it is. I wouldn't want to hit Inhibit. Not Inhibit. <laughs> inhabit Portland, I inhabit think is what it is. They yeah. do a great job. So support Eric and his company for the, the cool things that he's doing for yeah. cycling. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Anything else that you guys want to lean on here, talk about before we, kinda, we jump on? We kind of dug into that. We did. We, we always we do. Hard <laughs> we always do. We can talk about yeah. this a little bit more. Um, I can firmly come on here and tell you guys that in two weeks, we're going to have Chuck Keenan, the executive director on the awesome. podcast to uh, talk shop with us. And maybe oh, we can no. dig into some of the Didn't stuff. Didn't I say him. some bad things about Oprah? <laughs> Shoot. He's we're gonna to have say, that on repeat. He's uh, allowed to say as many bad things about me. I might not be here. To. I might not be here that day because I'm gonna be hiding somewhere. Ah, Chuck's a good guy. He's gonna take Matt's seat, I think. Should be a fun, uh, interesting conversation. So awesome. All right, our next topic: the hot seat. Ooh. Mm -hmm. The hot seat. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That went. That went. Well, that got cool. dark. That's Is cool. This, yeah. yeah. That, went, that went Halloween dark. <laughs> Some like fire crackles at the end or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Evan. Do you want to start us off? Yes. The hot seat. What's your question? Okay, this one's basically between me and Matt, but I'm going to make you two choose over there too. Sure. Kona yeah. winner. We're going to dig into this more uh, next week. Kona winner. Go, Matt. Um, gosh, Luke That's... Van Leerd. Nailed oh. it. Oh. Is he even racing? I don't even know. No. No. No, 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 no. You can just say Van Leer. There Van is a Leard. Van Leer oh, racing, okay. not yes. Luke. <laughs> I would I would say Lionel Sanders. But I I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm not the hugest fan of his. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the guy that won it last year is back. He's probably yeah yeah. Um, he would be probably the favorite maybe. So I don't know. I don't know. Ask me after. You race. said nothing. You have to say. Matt, you have you to say nothing. Okay, I'll say. <laughs> um, I'll say Lionel Sanders. Oh, okay. I nice. don't really. Well, I don't want to say that, but that's fine. You said it though. It, it, <laughs> is that is that is it like who who we want to win or who? It's not set in stone yet. We can talk about it more next week. Okay, we should I, have like a who we think we should, like who we I think is going to win you. and who we who is you know yeah who we hope it's going to win. Jake, is that the guy who does Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He might as well. He's from Canada. But <laughs> he's, he's Canadian, yeah. Uh, how about Rennie Caffrey? Yeah. For the women's I'm side. I'm going to go with women. I like that pick. That's, I like that pick good. on the women's I side. Have, I yeah. should have, yeah. 
picked for the women's side. I'm going to pick for the women. I got to stand up for the women. There's here. a girl named Danielle Arif who's just killing it. I would love to see Carver give her a chance, run for her money. Well, down. you know who else is? There's a girl named Lucy Charles. Who, Lu- I think is it'll that her be last name? the women's race will come down to Reef and Lucy Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah those two for sure. They're, they're out That's of this world. Think. Yeah, yeah. But I like the car free pick. I like that. Yeah, Lance for sure. I, I I don't even know who's in it. You already nailed it. I Van already Leard. nailed it. Luke Van Leerd and Chrissy Wellington. Those are my two choices. <laughs> Chrissy Wellington. It. I I don't know if Chrissy's going to be there this year. <laughs> no, I'm assuming not. no. She'll probably, she <laughs> has a race in like uh, eight I think years. it's been like eight or nine I'm years since sure, she's been there. I'm pretty sure she's going to be there, but it won't be. Yeah, she'll be announcing. All right. I okay. Matt hot, hot seat. seat hot yeah. seat hot seat favorite winter gear favorite winter piece that you got or that you want as little as possible <laughs> you're gonna go out there in your skibbies I try my best to hold off on winter gear for as long as possible so are you gonna wear a speedo when you're out there on the ride or what are you gonna mm, no I just try to stay sleeveless first I don't have arm warmers like or anything gloves and a speedo I try to stay as as minimalist as possible. You're natural for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. naturalist. We'll uh, see this winter. Okay, but you have to have a, a winter piece that you think is per, uh, uh, the Pearl Azumi, um cycling tights. I like those. Okay, yeah, they're warm. I I I like a really lightweight, packable rain jacket yeah. that is actually waterproof. Do you have Do you who, have one that you who makes like? a good I, one? Um, Castelli, I know, has a really Castelli, good one. Castelli, I yeah. just picked one up last week, and it so is just, fantastic. The Hydro jacket the is jacket. the bomb. I yeah. it was new last year, and I picked one up, and oh my gosh, this thing is just incredible. It's super lightweight. Like super I lightweight. let Lance check mine up before he got his. Okay, and you pick it up, and it weighs next to nothing. Yeah. And you could go outside oh, cool. and hit somebody with the fire truck hose with this jacket on, and you're not going to get a drop of water on you. Do you get really hot when you wear it, and it's like it's oh, yeah. like a little like a plastic bag, it, like. It's Gore-Tex, so it does breathe a little bit. Does but, it? It uh, does, but it actually insulates you perfect when it's below 50 degrees and it's raining out. It's it's a thing of beauty. It okay. really is. It's super, super... This is something I should check out, even though I'm trying not to buy gonna, more I'm, stuff. I'm going to check that out, too. Yeah. It's not oh, cheap. <laughs> they're, they're not cheap at Lance, all. Where, <laughs> Lance, where do you usually keep yours? Where, mine, where? mine hangs in the closet most of the year. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Matt, you can take mine out since I won't be all wearing right. it. And you borrow it and suit your thing. Take, but it, yeah. for, take it for a stroll. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good What piece. time do you usually ride, Lance? <laughs> uh, Lance took my piece of clothing that I was going to toss well, out. It, uh, it ha- yeah. I didn't say clothing. Oh, okay. So um, the SKS... Uh, uh, what are those? The razor, the blades, the yeah. the fenders. Those yeah, things are pretty nice. They're cool. lightweight. They're easy to put on and take off the bike, and they keep your um, your feet and your butt and your back and everything dry nice. for the most part. Awesome. So okay. Those that work out pretty slick. But I also do like the uh, the Castelli rain jacket that we have because it's mm-hmm. another nice piece that keeps you warm and pretty dry. I want to get some glasses that are clear. Do you guys just change out lenses of your I glasses? Have, yeah. I, just, I just change out my lenses. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A lot of times, like with or I ride no glasses during yeah, the rain. I know that's weird, that's but crazy. I usually do. A lot of Oakley glasses you can, um, you get will come with a second pair, and you can right. actually like you can get the yellow or the clear or whatnot. Right. So that that's a, a good place to look. Okay, I'm sure there's other brands out there that do the same. Nice. Yeah. All right, Lance. What is your latest go-to music to listen to? <sighs> good mm. question. I I we so we talked about this same topic, and it might have been on our. First dial podcast. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It, like it Taylor what, Swift. What are you listening you to? Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. You went back and listened, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. You went back and listened. No, I that was the that. that was the. Uh, hey Matt, tell us about yourself. And I was like, my parents just don't understand when I'm jamming to my Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, um, when we actually talked about real music interval, uh, interval in, when music. you're doing intervals, yeah. and and I said classic rock, and I said ACDC. Mm-hmm. That was my right. my decision, and that's what I said back then, and currently. It's still what I need to hit the the hard stuff. So, 
I'm going to stick with what I ACDC. said before. ACDC. All right. I, yeah. I, I should come up with something different, but <laughs> right now that's what stirs the... You should. I should I should show you some of the stuff that I'm listening to. Yeah. There's some house music that I listen to for that. Okay. It's called house music these days. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, like EDM. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like kind, electronic it's dance kind music. of like... No, nah, but it's not bum, dance music. It's, it, it's not designed as dance music. <laughs> okay. It's not. <laughs> It's okay. Like, is it the kind of stuff that I put in my YouTube videos? <laughs> yes, roughly, roughly like that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like beat. every running video you've ever seen, that music that's playing in the background, yeah. that's kind of like one person saying something you kind of can't hear. Yeah. And it's like, you know, cool beats over it. That's basically all that I listen to while I'm writing. Yeah. <laughs> when you're running? Writing, writing. Oh, writing. Okay. I never, I never listen to music when I'm running. Okay. Yeah. But uh, lately I've been listening to Post Malone's latest album. Yes. It is fantastic. <laughs> It, no. the it is, isn't it? Post Malone it's album so is good. great. It's really good. Yeah. So that's another what. another album for the kids out there. Yeah. Throwing this one out to the young people. Lance <laughs> is trying to be cool over there. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. Tra- uh, Travis Scott's Astro World yeah. is kind of that same yeah. vibe. It's very same very vibe. cool. Yeah. I have my ever growing cycling list. I use Spotify and I uh-huh. have got my little read off. Of, read off a couple of your Spotify. Well, I'm, the I'm one that I just added that I'm really keen on right now is a song. The new song, Cypress Hill. I don't know if you guys dig Cypress Hill or not. Uh, kind of, no. They have a new song. They have a new song that just came out and it's pretty awesome. Um, it's called Crazy and it's just got this cool like kind of retro, almost awesome. kind of like psychedelic vibe to it. But it's you know the the guys. Totally. And yeah. It's just a lot of fun. It's like seventies so. rock. Dude, kind of I stuff. could definitely work. <laughs> I could definitely work out to that for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. And maybe I can pull this up for us and we can listen to it a, yeah. a moment of it while we're doing it. But um, Evan wanted to know some of my other recent yeah. songs that I listened to. Um, I know Jake, Jake's had a pretty big Spotify list for this built up. Yeah, I, I think I've got something couple hundred songs in there so but it's very eclectic it's very like all over the place i mean I listen I like a little it. country a little hard rock a yeah little you, do. you have a nice rap. mix yeah so you're listening to stuff on the bike yeah out on the road or on the trainer only on the trainer on the not, trainer not you're, on the road. you're listening to stuff you've been on the you just got a new I'm trainer watching, yeah i'm watching races on there while i'm paying attention to sufferfest or zwift okay. while also listening to music okay. i'm trying to be way overstimulated on that <laughs> bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so do you mostly focus on like the workout in the music when you're hitting hard set or yeah. when when do you just chill out and you're like i can watch this race for usually if i have like a half hour of just like whatever gotcha. then i'm just like listening to music and stuff okay. but yeah if and i'm you're, focusing I'm you're focused. regularly putting in hour two hour rides on the trainer or longer oh you're crazy yeah <laughs> okay I love it. I love okay it. jake let's you want to hear this yeah. little song all right here, here it comes here it comes all right wait for the drop <laughs> it's got a cool vibe to it totally I think I'm crazy. Just, let's just hope it's clean this is cypress still yeah I could yeah. do this. I could do this. Just kind of get you going. Like you know, it. it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. It's a short trip to crazy. It's upbeat too. It's got to, it's got to have a good cadence to it. It does. Yeah. So, anyway, that's probably not I, for everybody out there, but it's something I. Do. And I don't know if I would pick that for my like last interval set, but no. I would definitely pick it for oh. first couple. Yeah. Matt, I, would, there, I definitely like the song. There was yeah. a cool recent study done where they were trying yes. to measure the cadence of music, uh-huh. and they wanted to see if that actually affected running cadence. And oh, spoiler absolutely. alert, it did. Oh. Now, it wasn't a high-power study, so I'll say, you know, it wasn't a huge high-power study, but they were talking about, like, when you're picking your interval music, you right. got to pick something, like, you don't want to sit there and pick something Taylor Swift's old country albums right, right there. You right. got to pick something that gets up and gets... Always comes back yeah, to Taylor Swift. It does, yeah. No, I... Uh, <laughs> her new stuff is garbage. Oh, my God, Matt, her new stuff's garbage. <laughs> 
They, you, just, you just crushed his world. I'm just, I'm just trying to make Matt mad now. Evan, you don't understand me. You don't understand my problems. Uh, no, I just think um, there there was also uh, quite a few studies that looked at like music and athletic performance. Yeah. And it's, it's just like caffeine. Like there is significant athletic mm-hmm. performance enhancements while listening to music. And they were, you know, there was a guy that was like, hey, why didn't Nike have music blaring on their sub two project all over the, oh, the different like locations? Yeah. Because... I mean, they were so close to breaking two hours in the marathon. Like, you, you know, think, that this is think, a performance enhancer. You right. know, they were using caffeine. Like, you think one Post Malone song would have put them those extra 23 seconds under the two hour? <laughs> oh, I prob- think so. Probably I, 30 minutes. I think so. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. would have gone 157 there. If that would <laughs> Jake, right. what about you? All right. My question. W- one uh, hot seat question for you guys. What's one thing that you guys would like to become more proficient in or rather master this winter? You've got the downtime. I like that question. What's one thing you would like to master this winter? Let's go to the guy racing 12 times a week right now for this first uh, one. Yeah. Um, bike maintenance and repair. <laughs> there you go. That's good. There's like something really every week it's I a have very to good mess one. with. Yeah. We've been doing that. And you've we gotten, have been. You've gotten a lot better, my friend. I, I have improved drastically. I want to keep improving in that <laughs> I like department. That. I will say that the triathletes on this side of the table are probably going to say something about swimming because yeah. basically uh, – this is is very kind of standard triathlon style where it's like your winter season, you're not biking as much. I don't know. I maybe triathletes don't run as much. I don't I don't really see why not. But like the um the pool is where, you know, you should see a lot of people put these winter hard blocks in. And last winter I did fantastic. I did a good yeah. job of doing a lot more frequency. Um, and then hopefully this year I can do the same and maybe even add more volume. I th- I think it's definitely worth working on swimming in the yeah. in the winter time. So there you go. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm adding, I'm adding more high end stuff. I'm going to like kill myself this winter. It'll be fun. No, I mean like, like I think too many triathletes take the winter as like, Oh, I'm going to get my base miles in. Yeah. I'm going to get my base miles in. Yeah. The term base miles. I hate the term base miles just in general, because I think you should always be training with some dose of change to the system. You should never train three months the same. Like there should never be like three months of training when you look back at it and be like, Oh, that was all basically status quo. Yeah. You always need to be like spicing it up. So that's my one goal this off season is to spice it up spice as much as up. possible. Spice it up. Spice just girls. in general, you're going to spice it up. That's the one gonna thing you're going to master. <laughs> I'm just going to master spicing it up. You can, I'll put like spice girl CD and cooking. I need to cooking? master cooking. Put some yeah. tapatio on it. Spice there it up. you go. <laughs> <laughs> you add more spice girls to my Spotify. Um, one thing that I want to master this winter is, Oh God, there's so many things. Um, master losing some weight <laughs> i gotta i gotta do that um gosh what else is out there that i want to do um there's like some web stuff that i want to do and i want to master some more photography stuff so oh that's cool that's cool that's just yeah. kind of one of those things that i'm working on is this is where matt matt and jake are going to start putting out just some like incredible photos that may rival <laughs> lance's instagram at yeah. some point we should have an we we should have an instagram contest once like beautiful spring like as soon as winter's done mm-hmm. see like who can come up with the better week on instagram lance <laughs> matt or Dude, jake my my instagram got hacked this last week what? wait seriously yes yeah it got hacked and it took a couple days to actually get control back to oh, it geez. what so were they posting they didn't post anything i it was odd they just they were went stealing in your pictures they they changed they changed my username they changed the password they ch- and the e- they changed everything to it, wow. so I couldn't get access to it. So you have to jump through all these hoops to to get it back, and <laughs> I got it back. So if you don't have two-step 
verification on your Instagram yeah. accounts, please do that. Yeah. So that <laughs> you're flying too close to the sun, Lance. There's too there's too many people looking at your Instagram. Like I need I need a piece of that. Something. I think the one last thing that I want to master is being able to use my shoulder again. That's yeah. That, I, that, think, I was, I was about to say for Jake. I was like, I think so. neural function so and muscular swimming. strength <laughs> will be. Yeah. Um, there is one more thing to this hot seat, and this comes in from Lance's friend Ryan, down in Las Vegas, and he has a hot seat question for Lance. Oh no, oh, boy! <laughs> All right, so here's the question, Lance. You can pull a tooth. You can run a drill. You can prep and CNC a crown. So why can't you wrench on your own bike? Uh, wait a minute. I, I just brought that up. I thought that was very fitting. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to learn how to wrench on He's my own He's working on better. it, Ryan. Why do, you, why do you guys always pick on Lance? Why is it picking so on Lance? It's so much me? more fun to pick on Lance. Rance Lomance. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Ryan. All right, let's run around the table real quick. One last thing. Lance, start us off. Um, shout out to the five teammates who got uh, cyclocross yeah. category upgrades yeah. Oh, yeah. just an hour or two ago. Nice. Uh, Eric Hagstadt from a three to a two. Mike Ooh. Hamness for a, for a three to a two. Jonathan Meyer, a five to a four. Mark Westerfield, a five to a four. And Chris Weirman, a three to a two. So You've got oh, some yeah. new compadres That's to nice. ride with. That's got nice. some new Strong two teammates two that teams. are going to be stuck yeah. with You're me. loving it, aren't I'm you? I'm loving it. You're loving it. That's awesome. Well, I hope I can join you next year as well. So. Yes. Yes, yes. That can make for a fun cyclocross season, having a big orange yeah. wave. Yeah. yeah. Should be good. Cool. Evan, one last thing. Uh, World Championship Road Race was this last weekend. Sure was. And... Doping allegations aside, Valverde won, and I was happy to see him win because that guy has been trying to win a world championship. He is like 38 yeah. now. Yep. He has been trying to win a world championship for a long so time. so happy yeah. afterwards. He that was, was pure just joy. Like he couldn't yeah. even speak. He was just yeah. like... You want to see pure ecstasy and joy. He was just yelling was, these guttural like screams. Yeah, he was just it, that was cool. And what to a see. and what a race! I mean, that race was I may get the distance wrong, but I think it was like 180 miles or something ridiculous. Which I mean, the World Championships are usually very very long races. It's yeah. 15,000 feet of climbing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just incredible. And you watch that last sprint, and me me and Lance were talking about this. The announcer sitting there like, oh, well, Valverde's leading out the sprint. Somebody's going to come around him. And I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, like, nobody's going to come no. around him. There's they, he, he, is, he would kill himself to win this race at this he, point. He like, actually, there were four together at the end. Valverde was on the front, the worst spot. For the know, last basically 1K. For the last 1K. Yeah. But they were all Nobody shot. could come around him. They right. couldn't gassed, come around yeah. him. Yeah. They were just gassed because of what they'd already yeah. done to get there. And so. I mean, he had Tom De, uh, DeMille on, on, on wheel and could not come around no, him in, in the last 1K. Yeah, that's how yeah. strong he was in that race is that a guy who puts out an FTP that would make most people yeah. roll their eyes was not able to come around yeah. him in that yeah, last 1K. Yeah. It was exciting. Incredible. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, freaking social media. Everybody on I your got next... up yesterday morning. Or oh, did it really? Yeah, for you. you. Yeah. Before the you... very first thing I saw, it was like on, my, on Google. I was going to yep. Google something up, and it's got all the little like news stories below that on my phone. And the the very lead thing is Valverde wins. Boom. I'm like, you yes will be yep. Google. Right. Oh, I went straight to Steep Hill, non-spoiler, turn on the last 20K. I was like, yes. I am not going to see anything. I'm not going to look at anything. I need to see this. So, so yeah. Matt, one last thing. Uh, um, yeah, let's see. I, I put a couple of videos out recently. I think I did one kind of like intro power meters for triathletes, not geared towards a lot of our listeners, um, but more geared towards triathletes, just trying to kind of lay some groundwork for some future stuff. And then um, I think I'm going to have a couple of videos drop here shortly 
kind of it's same kind of thing where it's like oh i took some video of robbie halterman and i i talked about this earlier kind of doing our little fun triathlon thing um so i'll put that video out and then kind of just some kind of like stuff explaining swimming some swimming stuff coming up and a lot of it's just like hey let's let's explain some things so that if we go into more detail later that you have kind of like a base so yeah fun stuff cool. on yeah. the youtubes yes yep yep all right. My one last thing is, again, to congratulate those guys that got their upgrades. Well done. Yes. And um, tomorrow starts our Tuesday night Zwift rides on oh. uh, Zwift oh. Dialed Cycling. I'm kind of bummed because I scheduled it a couple of weeks ago, and I had no idea that it was going to be the last night. I thought that the Trophy Cup was going to be done by then. Thanks, Lance. because I screwed up the date I did. That was my fault. <laughs> so I wanted to go out and watch Trophy Cup, but I've already committed to doing this. So anybody who's out there, um, we start on Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday. You're not going to hear this until Wednesday, so it'll have been a day past. But the following Tuesday uh, at 630 on Zwift, um, we are inviting anybody and everybody who wants to come ride with us to jump on. Uh, you can get more details by going to Strava and then checking out the Dialed Cycling um, group page there. And we post all the details, and then there will be some more information posted on the Dialed uh basically Dow cycling website we have a calendar in there that'll have all the details and information for getting on and um discord and how to communicate and just some other little nuances and, and basically what the, the ride will entail so it makes for a lot of fun it's a great workout it will go until march and everybody who did it last year loved it and they came out the back end a lot stronger so come out and join us cool. it could be fun See Ooh. you there, Lance. Join the orange. Train. Why is everybody looking at me? Lance is all about <laughs> this. <laughs> you you love indoor riding so much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to reactivate my Zwift account. It's uh, been down for like that's, eight months. That's a good thing. That's a good that's thing. Funny. Lance heard the word Zwift, and all of a sudden, all of my words just went to wah 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 wah. Indoor cycling, and Lance checks out. Yep. <laughs> all right, that is the end of another awesome podcast. Thank you for coming to listen and. Come check us out at our uh, Facebook page at Dial Podcast, our Instagram page at Dial Podcast, or email any of us at Dial Podcast or info at dialpodcast.com. You guys got any last things, last words, parting words? Dial Thanks for having us on. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for coming in for another one for podcast number 29. What? Yeah. Almost to the big 3 L. Jeez, we passed Evan in age. I know. <laughs> the, the podcast is older than I am now. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for checking in with us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. 